Welcome to the podcast, From Our Home to Yours, with Nancy Campbell, founder and publisher of Above Rubies. It's where we learn to forgive in that home. Hello, ladies, daughters, mothers, and grandmothers. Great to be with you again today. And we are now up to point number 14 in how do we change the world. And we're talking about this as wives and mothers. We may not be out there in the corporate world. We may be hidden in our home. But I believe we can be world changers. And uh, point number 14 is diligently embracing motherhood. God not only wants us to uh, be mothers, but to wholeheartedly embrace mothering. We're finding out that we don't really impact the world or we don't impact anyone around us very much if we are ordinary and status quo. No, it's only as we are more, as we are more than is necessary, We are abundant. We are over the top. And uh, so this applies even in mothering. We can just do mothering and get by. I think that's how many women mother. They just get through each day. They somehow survive. But God wants us to thrive as mothers. He wants us to thrive and every aspect of our being and every moment of our life. And actually, it's not so much what we are doing, but who we are being that causes us to impact other lives. And as a mother, you have such a privilege to impact and influence lives. You have little ones all around you. Some of you have middling ones. Others of you, you have teens and bigger ones and some who are married with having their own children. But in every season of life, we are influencing, we are training, we are imparting. And that which we pour into our children, it it goes on, it goes into their lives and then it continues uh, into future life and into their marriage and into the children that they train and and into future generations. Because as mothers, we are impacting not only this generation and not only this nation, because mothers are those who are truly the impactors of the nation, because we produce the next generation The generation will be how we have imported into their lives, how we have trained and mothered and nurtured and and, uh, just inspired our children. This determines what the next generation will be like. Mothers determine the destiny of nations. Precious ladies, no matter who you are today, with little ones or big ones, you are determining the future 
of this nation. You have such a powerful role. And so don't just try to survive and think, oh, well, I've got to get through this and just look after my children, but I've got a lot more other things I really want to be doing. No, this is the most important thing you will ever do. And I realize that more myself now at this stage, this season of my life than I did when I was in the throes of it. Yes, I can remember being in the throes of mothering. I think back to the days when I had my first children. Um, I started off with our first baby and then 17 months later, I had another two babies. So I had three babies in 17 months when I started out. And at that time, it was an overwhelming time. We had just come back from the Philippine Islands where we had been missionaries. And we came back to New Zealand and uh, we were just living out of suitcases for the first little while. And, and I was just there suddenly with these three little babies, three little babies in nappies, as we used to call them down under. I've had to remember to say diapers now here in the States, but that's what we used to call them. And back then, I didn't have the washing machines that we have today. I remember having an old ringer washing machine where you um, wash the clothes and that, and then you had to put them through the ringer. And we didn't have dryers. And so I would have to uh, wash and put through this ringer, turning it by hand, um, enough diapers for three little babies, and then hang them out on the line. Um, we always hung our clothes out on the line. There weren't any dryers. And New Zealand is a wet country. The Maori name for our nation, New Zealand, is Aotearoa, meaning the land of the long white cloud. And often when we fly back to New Zealand and we arrive in Auckland, often it's like that. You look out and there's this long cloud. Of course, we're not seeing the whole country. But even what we do see, there's this cloud over it because it rains a lot. And that's why it's so beautiful and so green. And and uh, the green often is just, it's, it's like as though it's luminous. It's so green. It's so amazing. And even the vegetables are greener and brighter. I love going into a uh, green grocer. Yes, that's what we used to call it. That's where you buy your greens and your vegetables, a green grocer, or even the supermarket and uh, seeing all the vegetables. And I can't believe how much brighter, greener uh, they are. It's amazing. There's just a different ozone layer down there in New Zealand. In fact, I was talking today with some folks at lunchtime. And, uh, oh, yes, one of my little granddaughters came in and she'd been playing out in the sun this morning. And, and uh, her skin is quite white. And uh, she just wasn't sunburned, but she just had this pinkness all over her skin. And it was so lovely, just lovely to see her out in the sun. But I was saying how that back when I was a child, uh, I was continually sunburned during the summer 
and I would be covered in blisters. It was just normal to have blisters all over my shoulders. And that's going out on a cloudy day. You can be playing out on a cloudy day and come in and be sunburned and blistered. It's quite amazing. Uh, Whereas here, where we live in Tennessee, our summers are so much hotter than we ever experienced in New Zealand, but we don't get sunburned the same. In fact, I can remember our children. Some of our children were prone to freckles, like I was as a child. I remember our eldest son, he had so, he was a redhead, he had so many freckles that all his freckles turned into one big blob. There were so many of them. But it's amazing now. He's in his 50s and they've all faded today. And Pearl, oh, our beautiful Pearl and Most of you know Pearl of Trim Healthy Mama. She, well, I don't know whether she'd like me telling her secrets, but when she was a little girl, she was covered in freckles. Oh, she hated her freckles. And uh, she got most of them when we lived in New Zealand. And then we moved to Australia for 10 years. And Pearl was in her teens at that time. And although we lived just about right on the beautiful uh, beach, the rolling breakers of the Pacific Ocean, uh, I don't think Pearlie hardly ever went to the beach. And if she did, she was totally covered up because she didn't want any more freckles. And her whole life was just getting rid of her freckles. Well, I can't see a freckle on her today. They do fade as you don't live out in the sun. But anyway, I don't quite remember how I got talking about sun and freckles. Anyway, I think I was talking about motherhood. And yes, back in those days when we'd hang our clothes out on the line. I still love to hang my clothes out on the line. I'm one of those great believers of just getting the sun on your clothes and airing them in the sun and letting the the wonderful sun just sanitize your clothes and deodorize them. In fact, I refuse to sleep on sheets that haven't been dried out in the sunshine. I always wait for a sunny day to... um, wash my beautiful linen sheets because um, after many, many years of saving and saving and saving, I actually didn't buy them. God wonderfully blessed me and someone gave them to me for a gift. But I love linen sheets because linen is such a healthy fabric. It's, along with wool, the, the most healthy fabric there is. And I certainly don't like to lie in synthetic sheets all night. Synthetic clothes are not really good for us, and I wear them myself, especially when I'm going out, although I try not to wear synthetic round home um, because it's not good for you. And uh, But I think I'm sleeping all night in sheets, so I'm now so happy to have my linen sheets. And I always dry them in the sun and they come in so aired and beautiful. And I love to just dry all my clothes in the sun. Although I haven't even got a clothesline. Now, Pearl and Sereni, they know how I love hanging out my clothes. So a few years back for Christmas, they bought me 
a clothesline, a revolving one, one of those um, like we used to have in New Zealand where it's all revolving around. And But somehow my loving, wonderful husband still hasn't had time to put it up. So I hang my clothes on the deck. At least I get them out in the air. But I think I was getting on to that because... Um, when I had um, my eldest son and then the twins only 17 months later and after I had been washing all the diapers, I'd go out and hang them on this line and I'd take the twins out and I had swings for them. And so I'd hang one swing one side of the clothesline and another swing the other to balance it out. And as I twirled the clothesline to hang up the nappies and all the baby clothes and all the other clothes, they would swing around with me. And uh, that was how I kind of cared for them while I was hanging out the clothes. But they were very overwhelming days. In fact, I have to go back to those days to uh, let you know that that's really where I got the revelation of God's heart for mothering. I didn't have it when I started. Well, of course, I loved my children. Oh, my, doesn't every mother love her children? When my first baby was born, I could, I could not fathom this love I had for this baby. I could, it was just so incredible. And uh, I wondered how would I ever love another baby as much? How could you have enough love for another person when you love this one so much? But of course, these babies came along and you find then you have as much love for them. But although I loved these children, I still hadn't come to that place of actually loving motherhood. You see, when Colin and I um, got together and were engaged, uh, it was while we were engaged that we, well, my husband at that time, wasn't my husband then, but he went out full-time for God. And so we have really been serving the Lord full-time since we were an engaged couple. And so my vision was to change the world for God. And we got married and we had our first baby. And then these two babies came along, all unexpected. Can you believe it that I didn't know I was having twins until I had them? Now today, that would be hard to believe because everybody has their ultrasounds every month to check their baby Back in those days, we didn't have ultrasounds. In fact, I wasn't even checked until right at the end of my pregnancy. I conceived in the Philippine Islands, and we came back to New Zealand when I was about eight months pregnant. I went to a doctor. Uh, he said, well, he said, everything looks fine. Um, actually, I'm going off to England. So when you are ready to go and have the babies, go into the hospital. Whoever's on duty will look after you. And... That's just what happened. In fact, I went in a week early and um, it was a false alarm and still nobody, nobody detected twins. Nobody looked at me and said, oh my, you look big. Do you think you might be having twins? You see, I'm tall. Um, I may have shrunk a little bit now, but I am was six foot. And, and so nobody really kind of 
noticed, although I did. I thought, my, I've got some huge baby in here. But it wasn't until my due date that I went in again. Yes, I was in labor again and lasted right till then for twins. And um, they were listening to the heartbeat with the old Doppler. And the nurse said, hmm, interesting. I can hear another heartbeat. Oh, well, could be an echo. Let's just wait and see. So Evangeline was born. They felt my tummy. Oh, yes, there's another one there, they said. And so about five minutes later, Stephen was born. And that was the first uh, unction, what would be the word, first um, news that I ever had that we were having twins. So suddenly, here I was with three little babies in four walls, living out of suitcases, washing nappies with this old ringer washing machine and didn't know anybody, just come back from the Philippine Islands and I wondered what had happened to me. And my husband, he just kept going out, serving the Lord, and I was stuck at home. And do you know, ladies, at that time, I thought that I had got out of the will of God. Oh, oh God, what have I done with my life? I can no longer serve you. I'm stuck home with these three babies. Oh God, I'm sorry, what have I done? But I kept crying out to him and he began to show me. He began to reveal to me that I was in his perfect will, that he had chosen to create me a female in order to fulfill his destiny in me. And it was as a female that he would be glorified in me. And it was at that time that I realized, yes, this is who I am. I had never really embraced my femaleness before in my whole life. I'd always wanted an adventurous life and thought, oh, my, the men have, they have so much more adventure and why am I a woman? But God had to come and he showed me, I created you this way. I created you. Your body is created for childbearing. This is how I made your body. It's totally different to a male body. And and I have given you a womb. I have given you breasts. Every way I have created your body is for childbearing. Even even just your right down to my elbows. Yes, they're shaped differently than man's. They're shaped in a way that are easy to cradle babies. Every part of the woman's body is created for ultimate childbearing. And so I didn't get this revelation all in one hit. It came little by little. And as God showed it to me, I was able to embrace for the very first time in my life my femininity, my womanhood, my motherhood. And so I embraced it. 
And so I was able to come little by little to that place of not only loving my children, but loving motherhood, knowing I was in the perfect will of God, knowing this was his destiny for me. And as I began to embrace it and love it, I could begin to walk in the fullness of it and the joy of it. Because when we don't come to that place, we, go, we walk in frustration. Perhaps you may be a mum who's in a frustrated place at the moment. Now, I understand. I was a frustrated mother in the beginning. I was frustrated. I loved these children. But I had not embraced motherhood. I, I, I felt I had more important things to do. And I had to come to that place of embracing embracing with all my heart, knowing that this was God's destiny upon my life, that this is who he had created me to be. And as a mother, I would fulfill fulfill this destiny that he had for me. And so it was a very powerful time in my life. And uh, I was able to just come into that and of course more and more as I walked in motherhood because everything in our lives is a more and more walk isn't it lovely ladies I simply love that scripture in Proverbs 4 verse 18 which says the path of the just is as the shining light that shineth more and more unto the perfect day. And I always call my walk with the Lord a more and more walk. It's always more and more. In fact, if we get in a rush and we're not coming into more understanding and revelation of our great God, we are in a rush. And even in our motherhood, if we're not coming to more understanding of God's incredible role for us as wives and mothers. We are in a rut. We're never meant to be in a rut. There's always more if we will only seek after him, embrace what he gives us, and then be open for more and more. Now I'm in a season. Okay, some of you are in that time of little ones all around you that I was talking about in my life. And some of you are getting older children, some even older. I'm in the season now of not only being a grandmother, but being a great-grandmother. And yet, have I finished learning about motherhood? No, I'm still learning. And I come to God every day. Father, I'm here to learn more from you. I know you have so much in your heart for us as wives and mothers. I just want you to show me more of your ways because I'm an older mother now and I have a responsibility to teach the younger women. Show me your ways. And God is continually opening the scriptures to me. They are always new Because the scriptures are like that. You can read the word from cover to cover and you go back and you still are finding new things. Don't you love it? Oh, and I just hope there are some older mums listening today along with young mums, dear older fellow mothers.
We have such a responsibility to teach and encourage and train the young mothers. Oh, don't vacate this this very, very important season, this important watch of your mothering, which is the watch of of you're now you're now responsible for another generation. And it does concern me that there are many, many older mothers today who have vacated this season, vacated this watch. They said, oh, I've done it. I've raised my children. That's it. Now I'm just going on to something else. No, we never, ever, 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 ever stop mothering. We are mothers until we meet Jesus because this is who he created us to be. But we are mothers of different seasons. We, our mothering is going to be different at the different seasons of our lives. And now at this stage, we are at a season when we should be training another generation. And it saddens me when I will send out a new Above Rubies magazine and I'll get emails from older mothers. Thank you, Nancy, for just blessing me all these years as I was raising my children. But my children have grown now, so I don't need Above Rubies anymore. Can you take me off your list? And my heart is grieved. Why? Because I'm thinking, they're children. Don't they want to keep getting the magazine for their children? Are they not passing it on to them? Or are they not saying, look, I'll give you the names of my children who are now getting married because they will need the magazine? Are they not thinking of another generation that's coming on that God has mandated them to train and to encourage and to pass on God's truth to them? Oh my, every mother needs above rubies. In fact, single women need it. I have loads of young women who are not yet married who love to get above rubies because they are wanting to prepare their hearts for motherhood. Of course, every mother with little ones and middling ones and teenagers all need above rubies. But the older mums need it too because we need daily refreshing so that we are refreshed to encourage the young mums. How can we do it if we're off doing something else? How can we show them the way if we don't know it ourselves and it's not in our hearts and we're not getting refreshed in it in ourselves? And so wherever you are in your mothering season, I want to encourage you today to embrace it. Embrace it with all your heart. Don't be an ordinary mother surviving and just getting through each day. Embrace it so that you intend, as you wake up each morning, to be the greatest mother in history. Well, you're going to pour out your life as a mother. Because, ladies, there is never enough time to pour out everything we want into our children. Now, can I just talk to you young mothers it's like one blink of my eye of my children growing up. Even when my first son was married, it was like one blink of my eye from the day that he was born, that glorious, wonderful, amazing day when he was born. When your firstborn is born, it's the most incredible moment of your life. And I still remember it vividly. But 
it was like one blink of my eye and he was married. Now he has children who are married and children, grandchildren. So, you see, ladies, don't take it for granted. You'll always say, oh, if only I could have poured more into them. There wasn't just an, there wasn't enough time. And so embrace your motherhood. Do it passionately. Do it diligently with all your heart. Can I encourage you with this? I, um, I do believe that mothers who are passionate mothers who have embraced their vision from God, they know their mandate from God, they know who they are, they know uh, that God has given them this mothering, this anointing of motherhood, because we all have this anointing. Even if you don't have any children, you are still an anointed mother. God has put within you this anointed, nurturing heart. It's an every woman, every female is created with a nurturing heart. And it is in us. And if we don't feel it's in us, it's only because it's been brainwashed out of us by this society and our education system. And yet it's amazing, even those who have it brainwashed out of them to have children, you will notice they still have pets. Oh, yes. If a woman doesn't have children, she will have a pet because she's got to pour out her nurturing heart on something. And uh, that's why people, so many people have so many pets today who don't have children. And I know older women, yes, who are longing for grandchildren. Their children have grown up and they're not getting married. Or if they are, they're just taking so many years to have children. And these poor grandparents are waiting and waiting because we're not ever meant to be waiting for grandchildren. No, it's meant to be a cycle. Oh, yes, we have children. If God blesses us um, and continues to bless us with children, often we'll be having a little baby and our, and our older child will be in late teens, maybe getting into 20s. Sometimes they'll be getting married. And then as this little one is growing, instead of having the empty nest for years and years, then you've got a grandchild coming on. And that's how God intends it. Instead, many have the empty nest for so many years and uh, they waiting to be grandparents for year after year after year. Um, I know one beautiful older woman who, oh, she's going to be the most amazing grandmother that the world has ever seen. But she hasn't got a grandbaby yet and so she has lots of little puppies because We've got to nurture. That's who we are. Let's pray, shall we? Father, we thank you so much for your plan. Lord God, in this society, your beautiful plan for women is disdained. And there are so many growing up who have been brainwashed with lies and 
delusions about who we are as women. I pray, Father, that you will just come to every daughter, mother, grandmother listening today and confirm and affirm them in the truth, in your truth of who they are and how you have created us to be nurturing women. Lord, with our own children or in society to the hurting and the needy. And Father, I ask, Lord God, that you will save us from being passive mothers and you will change us to be passionate mothers who embrace motherhood with all our hearts. And we will be great mothers in our homes and in society. And wherever we go, we will be go with this mothering anointing upon us to bring your compassion and your love and your nurture into society. We ask it in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.